Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Final day of the trade period, and this is Trade Mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians and for Toyota. Toyota certified pre-owned in a class of its own. Got Adam your Cooney, music. Cam Luke yeah. got the music. Jay's uh, he's had a great couple of weeks as well. We won't be trading anyone from uh, back of house out after what has been a great two and a half weeks. What about front of house? Uh, well, you and I might be in <laughs> trouble, and to be fair, they finally said, management of Trade Radio finally realised after two and a half weeks, that let's get someone in to uh, make some sense of everything. And uh, David Noble is in the house, who has been tearing it apart as well later in the day, part of Continental Ties Trade Radio. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Cam, good, thanks. Good, okay. Oh, groovy music. You like that? Yeah, mm. don't get that at three o'clock. No, yeah. no tunes to begin. No, yeah, don't, no. don't. That demo's a bit stiff. Hey, don't be, <laughs> don't be trying to poach some of our uh, back of house staff for later in the day next year as well. <laughs> hey, um, hey, congratulations. I know it was a little bit out yesterday, but the Coaches Association, you're going to be on the board next year. Yeah, it's uh, an interesting one. It's something I haven't experienced before. And um, Al rang me uh, several weeks now with Greg. And yeah, just we just talked through it. I'm doing a bit of study sort of in that space. And yeah, look, it, it made some sense to me and they were, um, yeah, it was nice of them to ring and say, look, would you come and sit on the board? Based on, uh, of course, your experiences in the last couple of years, you're obviously in a situation right now so fresh to be able to, you know, bring different ideas and, and yeah. give ideas based on first-hand experience, be good or bad. Yeah, and look, the um, the board structure is, is an interesting, you know, space as to how it's set up, um, the functionality, the governance, you know, compliance, all that aspect um, is something that I'm interested in exploring. So, yeah, look, hopefully I can bring some experiences to it and, yeah, find hey. out what it's all about in the next few weeks. All right, final day. final. You've been in this particular yep. situation in different roles, couple of, you know, last few years as, as the head coach and you're trying to get maximise your talent into your yeah. list and trying to give away nothing and that's what traditionally happens. I'm not sure if you heard the mega trade where the loose ends trade where Adam had 10 teams involved, all loose ends. How confident are you from the outside looking in that majority of these will get done? I'm 95% confident that they'll they'll all find an avenue and a way. Um, They would have been whirring away at the phones last night just to try and position themselves, I reckon, for lunchtime today. And then from lunchtime on, I reckon they'll start to get a little bit more serious around what that actually looks like. Why? So. Why 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 so late? Why why do we see a flurry of activity generally in the last hour, hour and a half of the deadline? Is it is it clubs being stubborn? Do you feel like when you deal with certain clubs, I know there's obviously an element of some there's a bit of revenge for some clubs who may have missed out on a deal years yeah. before like they're like Elephants, these uh, list managers, they don't forget. Grudge they, holders, you Yeah, I think there could be a little bit of grudge uh, action happening here. Is it, it? How much of it is ego between list managers and, and actually trying to nut out the best deal? Uh, I, look, I don't honestly think there's a lot of ego in it. I, I think it's – there's three things, I reckon. One is about trying to, like, position yourself to, to complete the deal. So you're trying to get it in your space. 
Um, second thing is you're, you're waiting for other things to come to hand that you might be able to get involved with. So if you close the deal off too quick, you might actually lose out in those aspects. And the third is just, yeah, stubborn. Yeah. Just so yeah, the level. Yeah. So it's the, some of it's, some of it is strategy. Like negotiation fatigue is an actual strategy that you can actually engage. So you just keep going away, going hammering away at a certain point and you, it's called anchoring. So if you anchor at a point and just hold, you're going to wear the opposition, your, your other side down a fraction. Um, and if they get an indication that you're not going to move, which is the interesting one with the Bulldogs and Brisbane at the moment, you know, Brisbane have got to get it done because they've committed to Dunkley. That, that's how I read it. So they've got to get mm-hmm. this deal done. I'm thinking, I don't know whether they will, but I'm thinking they're the ones that need to bend a bit to get it done. We, you know that football club and the and the people inside it very well. Do you, do you think they will? They're like, because you're right. Once you commit, the odds are in a six year deal at a really good cash. Yeah, you kind of got to get the guy right. But yeah. they are a little hamstrung. Well, people are, are saying by, how? how? Yeah, how, how, let's. When I look at it and, and the mega trade that Adam did, well, I've, I solved think the, I've already, already solved the issue. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, the dogs are absolutely I'm going to get getting a coffee. Uh, put my feet up. <laughs> I, how does it happen? Because the points. Is obviously with the two very talented kids coming into Brisbane, yeah. it makes it a, a lot more complicated. Have you been able to find out a way that it happens? I no, I haven't rung any of those guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's probably fair mm-hmm. for me to be able to. I've just sort of said to Danny, text Danny a couple of times yep. saying good luck, hope it gets done. I've left Dom alone. Um, in that sense, it's it depends on the circumstances you're in at this point in time. So Brisbane are now in a point where they need to maximise points for the kids. Mm. I think their aspect is about trying to not lose as many points as they can in completing the Dunkley deal. So if they can manoeuvre their way, uh, I'm just picking a couple of clubs, if they manoeuvre their way to Frio in the lob deal, they might be able to slide into that to help that deal get complete. They'll ring the doggies and say, well, we'll help, or Frio will ring the doggies and say, we can help get this done. That'll help that get done. Or they might go to Gold Coast, which we've done previously or Brisbane's done previously to get a couple of extra picks to throw into that deal. And so therefore it gets done. And there's a bit of maneuvering around today to find out where that gets positioned. So yeah, that, so for me at the moment, it's about the father son points cam in regards to making sure that that's maximized. If it's not to do with that, then it's just a tactic and it's just being stubborn. We, mm. we have been asked in the past to hold deals up to based on getting maximum social coverage. Well, to be there is the embargo. Yeah. Between midday and three, which essentially is geared towards the entertainment of, of later in the yep. day, so you know it, it could be in principle. And how does that how does that actually work? So essentially, you can shake hands and yep. pat each other on the back and say we've got it done. You just officially can't lodge paperwork until three pm comes yep. along, right? Or, so, you, or you lodge it and they hang yeah. on to it. So yeah. So for, for for football fans around the country, don't don't think that the clubs just put their feet up and grab a long <laughs> lunch and take it easy for three hours. How well, stressful is it? it it's incredibly stressful, right? Yeah, I didn't sleep much during yeah. this period of time. When I was the actual list manager, I reckon you'd, well, for me, you'd be back at the office on the whiteboard trying to nut out deals, see where things can unfold. You'd scribble around a few things. And um, we used to have a board set up for every club. So you knew where every club was, what their needs were, whether or not they were going to be active on the last day. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty stressful. So you'd, you toss and turn through the night. You'd be up early. Um, you know, a couple of guys go walk a lot. Some, um, yeah, do some exercise. Some will just try to just keep thinking and just keep keep finding a way to get done. Is there a trade you look back on you couldn't get done that you think, oh, slight little bit regret? Is there one that you thought, you know, it may not have been one you committed to or close to it. Is this on a periphery that you thought not, not one comes out of mind? 
Jason no. Francis? Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, no. I can't believe you're going there I might have caused to do that. I'm, I'm not sure. So I apologise to the North fans if I've if I've upset anyone. Um, no, there's there's nothing that, that comes to hand. I think by the time I got to Brisbane, I think the process of having the experience that you've got, you you just become more efficient and you become better at it. So there's not too many that I think, not from memory, mate, that I can give us a bit of time. I'll Good. come back to that. All right. What about as a coach? Uh, when there is a potential uh, trade target yep. uh, being linked to your club, how often, uh, say if a player does commit to, to get to a club, how often as a senior coach would you be in dialogue with that player about getting them to the club? Uh, how how long do you meet them for before you decide, well, yeah, he's a good fit for us? And then do you speak to them after that or just, just completely let the managers and list managers do their thing? Yeah, so the players won't make a decision to come to your club until they've spoken to the senior coach. Mm. That's just... It's just a given. Um, generally, most players would have spoken to the club about halfway through the year, I reckon. Somewhere around that buy period. Maybe maybe a bit earlier, but more so the buy period on, I reckon, is what you do. And then I think once the player's committed, this time of year, depending if the, if the player's still here or they've gone overseas, it's a bit different. But every second day, yeah, I reckon yeah. you're on the phone. Mm. Just, how you going? Things are progressing. We're positioned well here. Um when Brisbane got Lockie, Fags flew over to Perth. So he was there when the deal went down with Locke. So he spent some time. We were pretty confident, obviously, that we were going to get it done. Um, but, yeah, Fags went and had a game of golf with him, um, went and met Jules. So, yeah, so there was a, a narrative around that care factor, I think, that the senior coach then wants to engage with that player. You've been around the game for a while and – you know, and you're you seen in so many different ways. That, that seems like to be, Luke Jackson said the other day, you know, I met with Fremantle in the buy round and that's where I wanted to be and all the rest of it. Do you, do you think as an industry, we're a lot more professional understanding that that actually happened? Like 10 years ago, we were like, oh, oh no, we don't speak to anyone until the day after grand final. And I think we've all accepted it that it does actually happen. doesn't mean that the player's leaving, but those conversations would be happening on a almost daily basis, right, from, you know, round eight or nine. And we accept it a lot better as industry, right? Yeah. Well, the the, the initial – the point of contact is the manager. Mm-hmm. So you'll keep working away through there. So list managers will talk to the managers. Coaches will talk to the list managers. Then there's a point where the list manager and the, and the manager, the players' manager, will say he's ready to chat to the coach. So that's sort of how that activates and, and comes to hand. Um, when I first started, Cam, it was – it was very much against the rules to talk to any player that's in contract. Like it was just... Is like, that still no, officially no. the line? Well, obviously not. No, nah, it mustn't be. It can't be. But but it was was very clear back then. And we look, we were at the infancy. We Free agency hadn't quite come in just yet. So it was very raw back then. It was like, well, if you're in contract, that's it. You can't move. And these things have softened. And if you look, I haven't done the numbers, but if you go back the last five years, the amount of players that have moved in contract... Probably nearly as many of that have moved that are out of contract. Yeah, and, and I think that like, like I think when free agency comes in and you have a look, so Gary Ablett makes his decision. Like no one, no one believes that he two days after his last game no. he decided to go to Suns. Buddy Franklin, likewise, and I think there's just murkiness now. That line's been blurred enough where it's like it doesn't matter if you're a free agent or you're not a free agent or if you're in contract or not. Let's just open it all up because trying to police. Yeah. The, the the men who are allowed to talk because they're free agents compared to the ones who aren't would just be ridiculous. So yeah. I, I think it's better for the game because I have no doubt there's a million conversations that don't have the ending where a player leaves a club. Yeah, do you have a period? 
you know, that you, you open it up. I know, like with the F1s, they, when they go into their summer break, there's lots of activity mm. in that period of time, lots of conversations that yeah. go on. And, and they are now announcing guys going to, you know, Gasly's moving, um, DeFry's coming in, you know, Daniel's missing out. So mm. there's lots of sports that have this as their variation. You look at basketball, baseball, they move post-game. So like, it's it's an interesting space. It's it, I think as generationally as we shift into this, it will become easier for um, for players to make those decisions and maybe announce it earlier. one 300 Hold our thought for a split second. David Noble's here for Ego Power Tools. Think outside with the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment. We'll get to a break. Whatever thought you've got, Adam, hold it. It'll be gone. I know, oh, that's what I'm end. worried about. Uh, three minutes away, you're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Into the last day of the trade period, uh, all thanks to Beaumont Tiles. A little bit of news update this morning. The Hound, Matthew Lloyd, said Diego Mary believes will depart the Hawks. The name sort of popped up late Monday night. It was attached to the Giants, the Fremantle Dockers all of a sudden into the conversation as well. And he's weighing up whether to join the Giants or the Dockers. 143 career games, almost 100 of them at the Hawks. Started off with the Gold Coast Suns and now looking like he'll get to his third club. Sam Wiedemann expected to join Essendon tonight before the trade deadline. Ben Williams told SEN this morning he expects Wiedemann to join the Dons, who could lose and probably looks like he will or they will lose Francis to Sydney. And Ollie Henry is prepared to enter the draft. He's in traded to Geelong. Uh, it is all up to night, of course. Uh, pick 25 is on the table, and Collingwood want more for a guy who played 15 games this year and is a former first-round pick. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. How David Noble is here. Nobes, how um, how big of the threat is the preseason draft and players saying, hey, we'll go there? And you're trying to get to good clubs, keeping in mind they've got lower picks. Do, do you think it's more of a leverage ploy, or do you think there's a legitimate... Chance that Ollie Henry's like, I'd rather go to the preseason draft. It's a silent sleeper mm-hmm. that is there. That um, I, I don't. There might have been once Cam that I might have mentioned it in in sort of conversation. I know when um, I was dealing with Geelong with Paddy, I spoke to Hawk afterwards, and he said like, you know, you never mentioned it, but they knew that it was there mm-hmm. um, from that side of things. So. It's a tool. Oh, I'm actually not a fan of it, but it's a tool, and it's there. And whilst it's in the in your armory, you've got yeah. You, you take. I would. I would. So, I would think. I'm surprised whether or not North might have talked about that because yeah. you get a first hit. Now, if the young fellas, if if Ollie, Ollie's keen and he's set on it, then yeah, it's a mechanism you can absolutely use. Yeah, but like, do you expect him to get to Geelong? Like, do, we we just spoke about the, the the different ways of clubs look at it. If if Ollie Henry goes into the preseason draft and ends up at the Premiers, when everyone you know you got seventeen clubs that you'd think would theoretically be able to whatever price yeah. they put on his head, don't pick him up. And the clubs doing a disservice to their fans and themselves if they don't go and grab him, even to use him as an asset for twelve months' time. Yeah, well, I, certainly I, we talked a lot at a two or three different clubs I've been at in picking up that asset and just holding that asset. So mm. if he doesn't play, that's fine. We'll trade you out the next year. Yep. So, I mean, I'd always try to look at it as a business. If it was your own money invested, you'd be going, well, we'll take that asset. We'll put it in, in stock and the following year we'll get something for it. So 
But well, agreed. And if he plays 20 good games next year, he's he's a first rounder. And you've got 12 months to work with the Cats, yep. his management, and whatever, you know, and the player and all the rest of it. And if he goes there, plays 20 good games and yeah. kicks 45 goals, then all of a sudden there is the chance maybe he might he might decide to stay. So where do you see Ollie Henry fitting in if he does hypothetically end up at the Cats? Well, is it going to be a tough run for him to work his way into that forward six? It is. I don't know how long Hawks got left. Um, so I think probably four to five years the way he's playing. <laughs> yeah, well, if they keep kicking the ball the way they do to him, um, yeah. Well, he's sort of. I thought he was sort of a bit more of a key. He's probably more mobile. You know, sort of yeah. forward that can come up the ground, lead up. Um, I suppose they they're thinking as I probably would. You just can't have too many good players in your mm. team. So internal competition's really good. But yeah, I think he fits in their forward line. It just makes them better. It's 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 it is the toing and froing of what's going to be a very interesting afternoon and early evening deadline, of course, for the Continental Tires Trade Radio. Got an interesting one. So the Omira one that's come out mm. late, right? How has he been medicaled? Because if it's if this is sort of flushed out, like in the early part of this week, Frio would obviously have to have someone probably here do a medical. That wouldn't be unless he's gone to Perth. GWS would be the same. So. You get your skates on as a club if all of a sudden you have an interest of a player that comes in a little bit late into the, the scheme of things. You fly a doctor over to do that? Yeah, you can. Or you've got – there's a broad connection of, you know, Medicoach might be able to ring another club doctor or, you know, have someone that's – you've got confidence in that will hold that. Well, you just spoke about that, didn't you, when you went to, went yeah, to well, Essendon? Mine wasn't extensive. My medical by no. any stretch of the imagination. But the conversation. It was more the conversation was with um, the Essendon doctor to the Bulldogs doctor. Yeah. And they had a great relationship already. Correct. So, and I mean, similar to uh, myself, O'Meara's had knee issues over the majority yep. of his career, really, which is pretty public. So they would know what they're dealing with there. And he's played, I mean, he's had some continuity in his footy over the last couple of years. So, yep. I mean, they would know the risks involved there. Sometimes it is just maybe a conversation with, with a club doctor that's that's there at the moment, I'm sure they all speak to each other. Yeah. They all seem to hug it out and high fives when they run into each other before <laughs> the game. The, the doctors' docs. conference. Yeah, it's probably more it. the degree of like bone on bone. Mm. Where's that at? Is there any cartilage left? Like, there's all those sort of pieces that would come into the conversation. Yeah, it's interesting though. I, I would be interested to see if he chose the Giants over the Dockers for for a player who's incredibly talented, has had his injury mm. uh, disruptions as you touch on. But the fact is, he hasn't. Has he played a final? Was he was he there? When did he get to Hawthorne? Did he did he play in that team in in, in two thousand and eighteen? That he would have been that two thousand and eighteen team. So he has played limited yeah. finals. Uh, Fremantle are well and truly in that in that finals yeah. window. The Giants, you probably think, are, are reshaping for it. I'd be interested if he chose the Giants. It'd be mm. much more friendship based yeah. than actually wanting that chance at success, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. But the the strategy, I think, if you look back at Frio and West Coast the last five years, particularly with the locals. Mm. They've gone pretty hard in, in that space. So, yeah, that that one makes sense. A couple what, of people oh, – sorry, Adam. What away. about – where does it leave or what are your thoughts on Hawthorne's um, strategy to – I mean, Gunston gone. Looks like Mitchell will end up at the pies. Omir – it's three experienced players that feel that the leave a void in that team already, which is quite inexperienced. It's a long game for Sam Mitchell. McAvoy, appears to be, McAvoy out. Yeah, and McAvoy mm. as well, the, the skipper. So it appears to be a long game and a long rebuild, which we haven't so – we've seen a trend away from that, from yep. successful clubs recently. How do you see where Hawthorne's at in the 
um, the strategy with Sam Mitchell and what he's doing? I just think they need to be careful. I mean, probably I, I, I just have to be balanced. I suppose my experience was that it didn't really, I mean, it didn't work for me, but I think the club will be positioned well going forward. Um, I've got no doubt with some of the talent that they've got in there, but one of the areas that I think we struggled with a bit, Coons, this year was getting that um, the winning aspect, having enough in our armory to sort of win games, to get that belief, that understanding and that mechanism of enjoying and embracing that post five minutes of the game. That's where I think you need to be careful. So it's an interesting strategy. Um, you know, Bolts did the similar sort of thing at Carlton where that, you know, that second year, we, all, we always sort of knew that the second year was going to be a bit more difficult. And I hope that they haven't gone a bit too hard in, in that space. Yeah, and how patient can uh, Hawthorne fans be? We've seen what happened at, at North Melbourne. You mentioned Bolts. After two years of, yeah. of teams winning three or four games a year, it, it seems like that is almost a tipping point where, yeah. where fans have had enough and they want change and, and they want success immediately. But yeah. So he's playing for sort of three, a three to five year plan. It yeah. seems like yeah. what's going to happen if they've won three games at the end of next year. Well, one one of the key things, and I can't talk highly enough of the North fans that are, you know that I've bumped in over the journey that that have absolutely been supportive of what we were trying to do as a football club. I think if you keep the fans engaged and understand what you're trying to do, and just be honest with them and sort of say, look, yep, might be a rough road for a couple of years. Um, it, they just don't want. Bulldust. Mm. If they've got they they've got the best bulldust radars going around. <laughs> yeah. So be honest with the fans and tell them that if that's the the direction. And look, you know, be honest. If post game it was crappy, then just tell them. Hey, that's why we spoke about St Kilda. That's what St Kilda's challenge is. Yeah. Right now, with with a with an off season that you know Zane Cordy is 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 really the only major one they've they've really got stuck into. They've got to be able to sell. Yeah. Whatever they're doing to their football fans, and they're what are they the doing? most frustrated? Where, well, where I, are they? I, I've, they've got a salad. That's that's the point. I will say this: Sam Mitchell's a full-time Premiership football uh, Hawthorne football club player. He's a, he's a captain of a Premiership team. He's a Brownlow medalist. He does have that little extra love from the yeah. Hawthorne fans. Because now, I'm not saying that holds him instead for a decade, but I, I think that fans look at that and go, "What's well, Sam Mitchell?" Right. So we're going to believe, rightly or wrongly, a little more in what he's doing as the head coach. Than what someone else who may be coming in that's an outsider do. It buys your time. Mm, absolutely. One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight to get involved. Omira played one final. He played in that qualifying final. Yep. They lost to the uh, the Tigers, and then he got hurt and he missed the game. And I think they lost to Melbourne. They lose Melbourne in the second week of twenty eighteen. So uh, he's played one final mm. for a, for a kid who probably when he got drafted to the Suns, like yeah. all of us, thought they were going to go on this magical run and all the talent. Have really good times. All right. Uh, we'll take a quick break. David Noble's here for Ego Power Tools. Think outside. With the Ego Power Plus 56-volt battery range of outdoor power equipment, you can get involved. one 300 And we're going to do that on the other side of this. For Host Plus, this is Trade Mornings. That's a plus. For Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Yeah, I'll tell you what a big plus is for Host Plus is our man David Noble joining us for the hour. And, of course, the phone lines have lit up one 300 He's a plus with Adam Cooney and myself for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Let's get into it. Luke's in Mandra, up nice and early over in the West. Luke on one 300 Take it away, mate. What do you got for David Noble and Adam Cooney? Hey guys, just wondering if Brio do land Jago Amira, where does that leave Nat Fife and 
Fremantle and West Coast Giants and Fremantle and West Coast Giants 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 and West Totally agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. He goes into the mid when they need him once a quarter, you know, goes forward. He's just such a powerful, um, you know, player when he presents at the ball on a lead like that. So you might have to straighten up his kicking a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Forward and then a little bit mid. For honest and transparency, I actually saved Adam Cooney's Twitter account last week because he was going to include Nat Fife in a mega trade that involved Luke Jackson. And I said, look, mate, for the sake of your own social media sanity. Straight swap it, <laughs> Swing it off. <laughs> Jay, Jay's in Mandra to talk about O'Meara as well, mate. Take it away. What do you got for us? Good morning, lads. I uh, love your work, uh, by the way, uh, Cam and Coons. I miss you on the Armchair Experts every Friday night. Uh, we we um, might be back next year. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it's a fair trade, Amira, for Lloyd Meek. Uh, I mean, Max Lynch really hasn't broken into the senior side of Hawthorne as this you know, dominant ruck. Obviously, McAvoy's retired. Meek's played about two dozen-odd games for Frio. Obviously, hasn't broken into the senior side and cemented his spot yet. But I think with, you know, the year and longevity of Meek, you'd probably get a good, you know, eight to ten years out of, whereas I think Amira's, what, 28, 29? He's coming into the end of his career Probably got maybe three to four years. Um, obviously, injury raveled. Um, I think it's a fair trade. And now with the vacancy of uh, uh, your friend Coons Mundy retiring, uh, I think there's a vacancy. <laughs> yeah, my good mate David Mundy made me look silly yeah. for the last six years. And I've been retired and overweight and he's still uh, kicking goals, literally. So, yeah, what an unbe- unbelievable career he had at longevity. Uh, yeah, Meek will definitely seek opportunities elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Is that a, you're asking for a straight swap with O'Meara and Meek there? Okay. Nobes. We haven't seen one this year yet. No, no. we haven't. Nobes. I, I love a straight player swap. Yeah, you do, yeah. which is in, ironic because all you do is mega trade, but you <laughs> yeah. also like it the other way. Oh, they, I mean, Freo really liked Meek. I understand he hasn't been in there. They, they rate him highly. They'd, I reckon there'd be picks in it as well mm-hmm. for that one. Uh, I'm just trying to work out which way the, the value would go. I mean, O'Meara experienced... You know, knee's a bit of an issue. It's Meek. a short-term thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. So, yeah, it's some, I reckon there'd need to be a pick involved somewhere along the line. I, I like Fremantle biting this off. To, this is a 100% let's top up and win a flag thing. They haven't won a premiership, and this is why you take the risk on O'Meara's knee to just get him into this yeah. team, right? Yeah, well, they want two years. So yeah. two years out of him, mm. and it was, if anything well, happens after that, then building hopefully the, they've won one. Yeah, it's, sorry, mate. It's building the consistency to keep playing finals long mm. enough. You know, they might need to drag another A grader in in the next year or two to go, you know, here's our two years now opening up. But, yeah, it's sound strategy. Yeah. And then, uh, what are out the back? Callum Sinclair and Lewis Jett is the last direct player swap, and it was seven years ago. Yeah. So we haven't seen seven one yet. Years. So traditionally, with the points becoming a, a major factor, clubs normally ask for a little bit. So there we, you go, we, we, There's a gap in the market there for another segment, <laughs> I think. Oh, well. Instead of the mega trade, we do the straight I, player swap. I, I would actually go as far to say that you're the reason that straight player swaps no longer work because you put <laughs> ideas in the club's mind. I did the Lewis Jett Sinclair <laughs> one too before they actually, I think it was three days before. Just quickly too, Jay, the NFL armchair experts, Monday mornings have been Graham and I don't miss it seven oh, mates straight on. after the NFL it's got, game. No, that's got nothing well, to do with what we're talking about experts, now. It's still going. It's just Stop cross-promoting, please. Hey, um, the Tim's over in WA as well, who 
joins us on 1300 23 55 48. Straight for David Noble around the uh, North Melbourne Football Club. Tim, take it away. Hey, Nobes. I was just wondering about um, kick two and three and what would the likelihood of Hawthorne being able to get Harry Sheasel um, with their first pick. Do you have any inside knowledge on, on North, who they're going to take? Uh, no, I haven't, Tim. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit out of the loop, sort of, and I wasn't there for the briefing on the talent. It didn't sort of get to that point. Um, what I am interested, though, Tim, is what they're going to do with pick three, particularly, you know, whether or not they split that again um, and maximise what they've actually done. So, but no, I didn't, I didn't have a brief on the, on the talent coming through. So apologies for that. All right, one 48 uh, Just on that, I know you've probably spoken a little bit to it, but based on what North got out of it, what they did, did you like the way they went about it? They got the maximum. Do you think they could have held out for a bit more? Do you, how did you see it play out? Yeah, I, look, I would have liked a little bit more. Um, I think what they got was was pretty good overall. It would have been nice maybe for them to get another first maybe or a, a high second somewhere. But because you're involved in the four, you know, you sort of get to a point that everyone looks like they've been reasonably well compensated and so therefore you you, you go about it. So, look, you know, there, there's been a lot of discussion. It probably hasn't been enough acknowledgement for North to actually get it done. It is a tough decision to let your number one pick go, but in the end they they made the call and they said, Dip, if we can't keep him, then we'll trade him and they've got some picks and now I think they... They're in the high end of the market for the next couple of years. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, and a lot of people sort of link some of the offers you got 12 months ago around yeah. Horn Francis and the number one pick and all the rest of it. Was there meaningful conversations at North Melbourne around those offers about possibly giving it up 12 months ago? Yeah, there was. Um, what people tend to forget is that when Adelaide put their deal on the table, they wanted some stuff back. Mm. It wasn't just his three picks. Yeah. They wanted a high second end pick back. And so, so therefore the appetite for, for North to actually split that pick last year was probably 70, 30, 80, 20 against. Whereas I reckon that's probably flipped this year. I reckon it's 70, 80% for splitting it and having a yep. look. And that was probably before Jason, you know, made the call and said, look, I want to go home. Um, but look, we, we felt, because he played two years of footy and Coons had been over there, he played two years of senior men's footy mm. and he got better each year with South. He was ready to step into a, to a men's environment and that's why we rated him number one and took him number one. We had this conversation the other day, Adam and I, about uh, players and, and, and clubs saying, you are the number one pick. I know, you know, bidding on another player, be it a Dacos or a Darcy last year or, you know, be it this year with an Ashcroft. Yep. Does that conversation come up where you – sit down with a player and say, we're going to get you the number one pick because we firmly believe you're the best player in the club? Or do you look at it as, as kind of diminishing a little bit of that stronghold that the father-son or the academy clubs have? It, it can be a bit diminishing if we think you're the best, but we're going to bid on Dacos. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm, so I'm not the best, I'm the second best. Did so, that conversation come up at um, North? Not with Horn Francis specifically, but with North? Well, yes, to a degree, but we were, we were cleared. Jason wanted to be picked number one. Yep. And when we went and spoke to him, I was lucky enough. That was in sort of that COVID period. You mm -hmm. couldn't get out of Victoria. I was able to get through Queensland and get back to SA to chat to him. And it was very much around, I'd like to be the first best pick in the country. Yeah, you get a little, um, mm -hmm. I think, a nab bonus bonus with that as well, which may have factored into his thinking. I didn't, to go get, a, with I didn't get a kickback. <laughs> that, that, that's right. Is that when you took the, I think it was in that doco, actually. Was it, you had the jumper in at his, at his kitchen table. Yep. And a great scene. Yeah, okay. Yep. So it, what, it is interesting. What, what that? I was strong on 
if they couldn't get the three first rounders for him this year, which is a similar position as what you were offered before he was drafted, to to hold him for that second year mm. and hope that because and, and you you know how how competitive driven and ruthless is he? Because it's all the three words I keep hearing about is how competitive and driven he is. Yeah, but he, we didn't see that in his in his first year in terms of the way that he played. And I I was saying, well, back him in, back his character in yep. to mature in his second year and play twenty good games and finish top five in the best and fairest. Hopefully, North win six or seven, eight games, and then he's a, another year down the track. He feels more comfortable in Melbourne. North Melbourne obviously didn't see any reason to keep him because they thought that that could just not be a possibility at all. Could you could you have seen anything like that play out in in his second year? I th- it would have been tough for him. I think once he then he got because I think once you get to a point where I, I want to go home, I'd like to go home. Um, some players can can handle it, but I think they're more mature. I, I look at um, well, I guess I was trying to. The Dangerfield experience where he was coming out of contract and I was sort of talking to him 12 months out, look, we want to extend you. It's like, no, no, I just need to hold sway. So he was obviously assessing whether or not he would go home. But he had just mature, you know, mm-hmm. Paddy. I mean, he was 24 at that stage, 23, 24. So, um, so I think for younger guys, it's it's more difficult because you just you don't have the life experiences to to fall back on any experiences to, to how to deal with that emotion um, we saw some elements of the drive and the competitiveness throughout the year. We just didn't see consistently enough. Yeah. Um, but that's not unusual for a first-year player either. No. To should, understand yeah. and learn yeah. the bloody case. Absolutely. No matter if you pick one or, or pick 60, there yeah. are going to be inconsistencies yeah. in your game. I, I think it probably it, it probably hurt him to agree watching Nick Dacos every week as well. Yeah. I mean, become a legitimate star of the competition after 10 weeks. I mean, I used to watch um, – other players that got drafted around me in my first two years. And then Brett Deledio was pick one the year after me. And I watched him and he was probably playing better footy in his first year than I was in my second. So, I mean, that sort of affected the way I thought. Do you think that may have had an effect on him as well? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We talked about it yesterday, 100%. 100%. Because you are so competitive and you've gone as number one and you wanted that mantle, you're looking around at at your competition around the other clubs going, Oh, he's played five games. You know, I've played four. And gee, he's been nominated already. Um, they're absolutely 100% you'll be looking at that. And that that does throw a different connotation into the level of frustration at times because we weren't playing all that well. Um, Dakes is at a club that's, I mean, they, they had a little bit of a, you know, early sort of hiccup, but then they just, they won game after game after game. And so it does. It comes into their thinking. So, so based on that, just quickly before the break, do you expect to see, us to see a different Jason Horn Francis next year? Home, bit more comfortable, second year, maturity, deeper midfield, probably at Port Adelaide as well, which makes it a little bit easier. Do you expect to see a better Jason Horn Francis on field in 2023? I think the biggest thing, um, yes, there's a bit of hesitation there. I think his third year will be better, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um he needs to co- to comply and be on board with system and structure and understand that you know there's a role to play whilst you're learning the game. There was a you know a bit of frustration with us getting him in the right structural mix at stoppages and bits and pieces. So you know going to port that is really structured in that environment, I'm sure if he gets a you know a game where he's got to play half forward or goes and plays half back, just go and play it. You'll get your chance in the midfield. It'll come, but. Don't be too impatient and just learn how to play the system and help everyone around you. 
There you go. David Noble, uh, trade mornings for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians and for Toyota. Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. A very quick break. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. For Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today.